Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Middle screen on the trailer, wheel and frame text page. Tom Middle screen, listener, uh, just say no. And I know what he's referring to. Middle Bryce screen, Young. not a Bryce Young fan. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's a sizest. You have to remember that middle screen is, um, he was a thrower. A track star, at, yeah. At UCLA. A field star, yeah. yeah. He was a discus thrower. Yep. Did he do shot as well? I don't know. Or are you so specialized at that point? At the college level, do they still do a lot of people still do? I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he was a, a strength guy, and uh, he's a big dude. So I think he's sizest. Um, that's, I, his, that's what I'll say. That's what I'm going to dis- – I'm just going to go ahead and dismiss all of your actual very in- intelligent takes by saying that you're, uh, you're biased against That's good. People. Just nip it in yeah. the bud. 8587. Thank you, Seth. I choose to believe that's a three-word text about the Texans offseason. No. Thank you, Seth. <laughs> what did I deliver? I don't know. You may have repl- you might have replied to him or something like that, or maybe you made it's from, oh, it's oh, from thirty one oh. minutes ago. So you, uh, you yeah, probably I didn't made reply a good to point. anybody. I'm off the text line today. So thank you, Seth. I think it was probably because I I told people not to give up on D'Amico when there were reports that D'Amico wanted nothing to do with Houston. I feel like uh, I feel like I was the person brave enough to say like, listen, this is dumb. Yeah, uh, of course he's still interested in Houston. This doesn't make any sense. Some of these reports that are coming out. 30 one minutes ago, we were destroying Peter King, so it may have been something to do with Peter King's janky criteria that forty times in size, height, and it weight was, should matter in Hall of Fame. He was basically, he was like saying that somehow Andre Johnson was almost as fast as Story Holt because of their forty times, which were basically, by the way, identical forty times. But uh, with two guys who have Hall of Fame caliber careers, like that's how you're determining who's fast enough. Not the thousands of routes they've run, but their forty time. That'd be like me saying, like, well, I, you know, I think Peter King's a better writer than John McClain because they got a better SAT verbal. Yes, uh, that's what know? it is. What the, what the hell are you talking that's what about? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, this is literally <laughs> this is the sentence. This is the sentence or the the the, the excerpt that the Peter King typed uh, in his uh, uh, Friday. Uh, or Football Morning in America column. As for the receiver logjam for the Hall of Fame, the candidacies of Andre Johnson, Torrey Holt, and Reggie Wayne all have their partisans among the voters. I don't know how it gets solved, particularly with more receivers entering the pool in coming seasons. I am partial to Andre Johnson. He's the biggest. 
he's virtually as fast as the fastest Holt. And then he goes on to say some other things. But we have to take that in a vacuum right there. Like, we have to be able to take take evaluation like that and, and watch it on its own. He's the biggest? Like, he's yeah. the biggest. That matters. Okay, I guess. 6'3", 230, you're in the Hall of Fame, bud. So, anyways, by that criteria, Walter the Refrigerator Perry should have been in on the first ballot. He was huge. He yeah, was he was fat. really big. All the biggest. Ted, Ted Washington, Washington, Ted Washington, first Washington ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know. My God, dude, Brock Osweiler. Brock yeah. Osweiler should be, and he's six foot eight or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, he's the tallest. Yeah, yeah. Um, the best thing, the most impressive thing he ever did was hold that pizza up over his head as that woman was attacking his wife. That was the thing yeah. that Ted Johnson was most impressed with. Uh, Brock Osweiler's pizza security. Yeah. I thought he was unimpressed with that. He was like unimpressed. He was... he was impressed with the pizza security. He didn't like the fact that Brock didn't put the pizza down and go back and fight the guy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was yeah. like, hey, you're letting this little guy push you around? Yeah, of course you are. That's what you, you can't. You can't. Ted, Ted, Ted's I a little like, unhinged. I feel like Ted's. <laughs> he no, was... but I think Ted's, I think Ted's better at ignoring stuff like that. You know, like you just, there's not. Uh, that, my, that's what you have to do if you're in a position of prominence. There's going to be people that come at you and yap at you, and you just gotta just kind of laugh and and move on. Otherwise, you're going to be getting arrested all the time. Ted had ebbs and flows. That might have been during one of the ebbs. That's you know a, what yeah, I mean? I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, we're getting a lot of three word um, three word texts about the Texans offseason. Five eight three eight on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Dumpster fire extinguished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. where are we on the dumpster fire? They're not a dumpster feel... fire anymore. Well, right, but if a dump, if you have a dumpster fire, <laughs> it's not as simple as like, hey, we put the dumpster fire out. Right. Uh, all all's cool right now. I guess one of the questions might be, hey, how did the dumpster fire start? Yeah, I think we have. I think that we already know. Like the. Um, the gasoline and loose newspaper that was in there was a combination of, I think, maybe, you know, a little bit of insecurity um, at ownership in a time of transition while Bill O'Brien was being given too much control as well as like Jack Easterby given too much control. There are multiple things going on, but it seems like it seems like there's a lot more stability with the McNairs now. Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby are gone. Like all the things that that were fuel for the dumpster fire are no longer there. So we can we can rest that there won't be another dumpster fire quite so quickly. We have a promo running at the station here that has me and you talking about D'Amico Ryan's kind of making this sort of a cool place to be. Yeah. And it it uh it makes it sound like you and I are talking about this like it's Xanadu over at NRG Stadium now. Oh yeah. Like it's okay. Valhalla over there. Yeah, yeah. Good. good. I, think I, it's, I, I, I think it's way, way better. I don't know that the promo necessarily ca- I think it captures a level of optimism that's like yeah. a twelve on a scale of one to ten, where I'm probably more look, they were three thirteen and one last year and they've got a first year head coach who we all love, but we gotta wait and see. I'm more at like a I, seven and a half or an eight. I'll tell you what, the power of repetition um is never more clear than Whenever, whatever, whatever opinion I'm putting out in a promo, and sometimes it's a little bit more over the top than maybe how I actually meant it at the time. Yeah, that becomes the thing that I'm always talking about because um, people will say like, "Seth, you're always talking about such and such." I'm like, ah. Man, I talked about it once two weeks oh, ago. Oh, okay, I, I see like, what you're saying. But people are telling always, you you talk about it all the people time. People hear it. Yeah, they hear it, and they yeah. might not necessarily think it's not. It's not their fault. It's the promo's yes, fault. Yes. But so, so it'll turn into like I, Seth's always talking about this, yeah. and I'm like, I can't blame them for it. Like, yeah, I, I appreciate that they're listening to the station enough to hear the promo over and over again. But it's um, it's it's sometimes when when the promo 
is a little over the top sometimes. I don't know. I'm, it, You're going to hear like, about it. Yeah, <laughs> out yeah, in public. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Three words describing the Texans offseason by five seven six four trailer wheel and frame uh, text page. Positive radio content. It, it is giving us more positive to talk about. We had someone text earlier saying that Seth and I are hating on everybody today. That's well, not of true. We are. Yeah, that's no, not. But we, I don't care if it is. True. Yeah, yeah. But we've said a few positive things. I think we hate on um, the people worth hating on. It is. Uh, it does. Even like even in the negativity, you're kind of being negative. It's a, it's a different type of negativity. It's like it's like wringing your hands over the center field position with the Astros. That's the ultimate level to attain. Yeah. Like when you get to the point where you're wringing your hands over something on a team that's really good, that's what you want to attain. That's what you want to achieve. Is like okay, yes, we're still fixated on some of the negatives. Yes. But it's under the it's through the lens of yeah, we're trying to be the best. Yes. So the Texans obviously aren't there yet. Right. But it's. Uh, that's what you would like to attain. Yes, like I think of a couple of things in particular. You know what I would welcome during the season? I would welcome, I would actually welcome in-game mistakes being made by the coaching staff so that on the post-game show, I'm talking about that and not this big picture, everybody's got to go, this rushing defense stinks, without even really bringing up anything from the game because it's stunk for six weeks now. Like yeah. I would love to spend two hours talking about why did they na- make this decision to challenge this, or because that because then that means we're in competitive well, games where those things matter. You know what I mean? I mean, there was some of the with Cully though. There were some there were some aspects where it was like, does he understand the game of football? Yeah, yeah. Not, like declining a penalty that would have given them another third. Dude, declining that, a penalty so you could punch. I can't believe that that felt kind of normal at one time. <laughs> it happened, but the craziest thing was that though it didn't. It didn't feel normal. It was just that, like, what were you going to do about it? And you sit there trying to figure out. You know, we're in an age where sometimes the analytics mean that counterintuitive things make sense. And you've learned, like, oh, okay, it's counterintuitive, but, yeah, you should go for it in this situation or or whatever. Um, But, like, so so when they did that and Cully gave an explanation, you're kind of like, all right, well, wait a second. Like, is this... Is this one of those things that's counterintuitively cra- like nope nope doesn't make any sense at all? Nope, actually. he just doesn't know it, what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Lovey, you didn't have that. Like Lovey, even if Lovey did things you disagreed with, it was never like oh gosh, he doesn't understand the game. Right, of right. He had a reason. Yeah, I would disagree so I don't with mind the reasons. That. Yeah, but I think so now. Hopefully, where the next step is, okay, they made decisions, and even though you won the game, uh, that decision was really dumb in the third quarter. Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? I would say the other thing, Seth, is you you bring up the theme of like okay. These are just conventional bad things, or there's you know things that feel bad to talk about, but actually might be signaling that we're moving in the right direction. Is the coaching staff? You know, people are going to be worried that they're going to hire Bobby Slowick as the next offensive coordinator, and oh no, they could steal him in two years because you have a defensive head coach, and they someone yeah. may steal him because everybody is stealing people off the Kubshanistan tree and making them head coaches. Um, that would be a phenomenal problem to have. That would be yeah. the the problem. The problem being other teams wanting to come steal your offensive coordinator is literally a problem this team has not had probably oh, no. since the Kubiak right. years, where Kyle Shanahan left to go work for his old man. That kind of thing. I think. I think though, the lesson I learned about that though too was people would say the same thing about Mario Williams. Um, or excuse me, Jadavion Clowney, like drafting Jadavion Clowney and how do you pay Jadavion Clowney and J.J. Watt at the same time uh, at the same position grouping. And and I think there's some validity to that. I think that um, – or Mario Williams and J.J. Watt, I suppose, although that didn't quite match up the same. Um, 
it's so I think there is there's validity to that. I think the but the answer is that you have to have a plan for it. Like I don't I don't think the Bills had a plan for it. The Bills have a defensive minded coach and they lost Brian Dayball and now I think that Josh Allen is just stagnant and that offense has not moved or progressed. And I would be really nervous about it as as his big contract starts to kick in. I think with the Texans, I'm starting to get a sense that they're going to try to have a pipeline of really bright guys that could be offensive coordinators. I think Gerard Johnson's one of those guys that, you know, if if all of a sudden things are going really well and Bobby Sloak gets hired away in a couple of years, a guy like Gerard Johnson has head coach attributes. Yeah. He's got head coach traits. And or uh, so which means that the next step up would be offensive coordinator, but you just try to keep a pipeline of guys like that flowing through. And and then it's not as big of a deal. And that's another reason why I like that they're using a Coop Shanistani offense because there are just more of those guys out there. It's a lot easier to go out and find somebody these days since about half the teams are using similar terminology, similar concepts, similar play calling. Like, you can go out and find guys from other teams that can come in and be your offensive coordinator or your quarterback's coach. It's just there's more spare parts to choose from. It's like, it's like buying a it's like buying a mass produced automobile versus a Lamborghini. Yep. It's just it's a lot easier to go out and find spare parts for a Ford Focus than it is a Lamborghini. Yep. Oh. Breaking news from Sports Radio 610 is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit betql.com today. Keep in mind it's not Houston Texans breaking news, so we're still waiting on the coaching staff. Uh, the Colts have made it official, Seth. They are hiring Shane Steichen as their head coach. They made the announcement. So there is one opening remaining in the NFL, and that is the Arizona Cardinals opening. Do you think they get nervous after the Josh McDaniels uh, sting a few years ago where like, if they've, they've announced a coach that maybe there's a chance that he, that he waffles back, goes back on it, decides, like, man, what am I doing? I got a good thing going here. In uh, in Philadelphia, I don't know that Nick Sirianni and his two years of his experience as a head coach have the same sway as the fatherly yeah. sway of you know nearly twenty years of Bill Belichick at that point when That's he lured true. McDaniel's yeah. back. So I, I I think I think they're probably okay. I think they're in the. I clear. think Steichen's there for good. I think that look, obviously he's done very good things with that offense. He is the play caller of that offense, not Sirianni. Right. So. Um, and they, you know, there's nothing you can say bad about the Eagles' offense from that from that Super Bowl. It wasn't the offense that lost them the game. No, you scored plenty enough points to win. Um, so yeah, this is uh, it's, it's it's either something to worry about in your division, or it's just uh, as they say, Sean, iron sharpens iron. And the AFC South needs a little bit more iron to sharpen yourself on. Yep. Uh, you, you play these you play these patsy teams, and you have head coaches acting like there's a mythical AFC title based on record within the division. Remember everybody, Lovey Smith a few weeks ago was saying like, oh, oh we got the best record in the division oh, right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you think D'Amico ever says that? Do you think D'Amico ever cites the fact that they're going to try to be, you know, if they're if they're 4 and 11 down the stretch but they're 2 and 2 in the division that he's going to go, "Hey man, we're trying to go we're just trying to go above 500 in the division." Do you think D'Amico Sean, you act like there's any slim possibility that's that true. They ain't going four and, four and eleven. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's you my see, bad. you mean if he's disappointed because they're 11 and four at some point, yeah, and tied yeah, for yeah. first that's in the what, division. That's exactly what. Then he might try to massage the stats a little bit. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But I'd say hey, that's just what a, yeah. that's what a master strategician does. <laughs> right. 
Stratatician? You nailed it. Stratocaster? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you uh, here on a Tuesday, 713-572-4610. Reminder, we're giving away John Pardee tickets in the 9 o'clock hour for the rodeo, a four-pack, sometime in the 9 o'clock hour, and 945 tomorrow, Wednesday. Big announcement as pertains to Payne and Pendergast. So, Strategist. Strategist, yeah, yeah. I like Stratocaster, (laughs) Better. <laughs> that was better. Um, quarterback news. Uh, we're coming up on a deadline for one of the more important, uh, one of the more important um, shoes to drop here in the off season when it comes to quarterbacks. Where does this particular one end up? Does he end up in the division going against the Houston Texans? That is next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Derek Carr, late last week, we haven't gotten to this because we've been so busy on the Super Bowl and the Texans, um, but Derek Carr had met with the New Orleans Saints and said no to a trade to the Saints. The Saints and the Raiders had a trade all lined up, ready to send Derek Carr to New Orleans, and Derek Carr would have kept his $40 million guaranteed that he's due come tomorrow, February 15th. So the Raiders have until tomorrow to cut Derek Carr. Otherwise, they're on the hook for $40 million bucks, um, next season. If someone trades for Derek Carr between now and tomorrow, they would be on the hook. But Carr has said he's not accepting any trades. He has a no-trade clause in his deal. And this is, I would say, probably the smart business thing to do, Seth, because Derek Carr, as much as much as he gets criticized for only, I think, playing in one playoff game his whole career so far, um, not all his fault, but some of it is, uh, 
he's still, I think, well thought of enough to where if he were to say, nope, just cut me, I don't want to trade, one of these QB needy teams will probably pony up a deal that has more than $40 million guaranteed in it. Right. Well, or I think also, though, too, it's all these other teams figured like, okay, I'm not going to – what. It looks like the most sense for Derek Carr and the the way for him to get the most money or give him a chance at the most money is to be a free agent. Yeah. I'm not going to – there's a really good chance he's going to be a free agent, so I'm not going to bother making an offer. And it's like Derek Carr is in a sweet spot where he's not so highly thought of that people are going to say, we can't risk bidding on him in free agency. But yet he's highly enough thought of that people know that there will be interest and that he might get a certain amount of money. So, yeah, they'd much rather spend they'd much rather spend cash um, and not get way out of line for a guy that will be happy with whatever contract he has. I think that's the other part of it too, Sean. There might be some people that think that Carr is overestimating how much he's worth, and but they don't – like they're not going to get a trade done by telling him like, "Hey, Derek, by the way, we really only think you're worth like thirty million guaranteed." Yeah. yeah. Um. So, it, it, like, you he's not going to approve the trade. You're going to end up paying more than you want. He'll end up thinking that he's still getting screwed over. Now you can go out and establish an actual market and um let somebody else be the sucker, or maybe you come in and you you get a good solid quarterback at a good price. Yeah, I think the teams that would be in the mix for Carr, I think the Jets are in the mix for any quarterback right now. Their owner has basically put up a sign in front of the building that says they're looking for quarterback, help wanted quarterback sign in front of the in front of MetLife Stadium. Um, Problem is that the quarterback they might really want is on a darkness retreat somewhere in Guatemala right And that now. could be. It could very well yeah. be. Uh, Indianapolis, do you think that they would do the veteran not – Total elite franchise, but pretty good, like Rivers, Wentz, and Matt Ryan used to be at one time thing again. The question is, okay, does Shane Steichen think – do they think that Shane Steichen can get more out of Derek Carr than Gruden or Josh McDaniels um, or – who am I forgetting? Before Gruden it was – but, like, so do you think you're going to get more out of – Del Rio before Gruden and whoever their OC was, yeah. If you're going to get more out of – do you think that Steichen, who did – look, Justin Herbert won Rookie of the Year with him. Um, Yeah. yeah. Jalen Hurts has done very well uh, with Steichen there. And uh, is it – does he have a way with quarterbacks – that uh, gets the absolute most out of them, then it might make sense in Indianapolis where they've shown an affinity for uh, they're kind of cougar chasers. They're like the older gals, you they know? Are. And so Carr's a little bit of a departure for that. Whereas, you know, you know, Rivers and Matt Ryan and those, those were like hot, you know, 55-year-old women. Yeah. Where now they'd be going after a, a hot-ass 48-year-old Yeah, woman, yeah, a little, little more yeah. cougarish. I. Indianapolis is in a weird spot, Seth, because I don't think their roster is terrible. They're, they remind me a little bit of the Texans back in 2013 where they just got they got done in by bad quarterback play and some bad injuries at, at, a, at a bad time. You know, they still got Jonathan Taylor. They've got a few weapons there. They've got some good pieces on okay. defense. But I don't think you get to say, like, bad luck injuries with Jonathan Taylor. And okay. Like, oh, okay, yeah, but he'll be – so he's a, you know, he's, he's a, a modern running. running back, so I'm sure he'll play 17 games next year. I think that's – if anything, that's a downside these days when 
one of the strengths of your team is either, uh, you know, in a lot of Derrick Henry being a strength of your team isn't necessarily a great thing. It's awesome when everything else is working together, but it's not so awesome when he's the guy. Yeah. So I think that, I think they're that same way. I think the huge, huge, huge question right now with the Colts is just what the hell happened to their offensive line? Because nobody really saw that coming. It doesn't make sense that they were as bad as they are. It's the um, same guys that were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. And I think they I think they figured it out like midway through the season after even though even though Saturday wasn't doing anything, I think the offensive line did somewhat start to look more like they were supposed to. Um so I guess that's what you gotta if that offensive line rebounds and starts performing the way that it had for years and years and years with those same guys, then I think that that alone makes it a, a pretty competitive roster. Alec yeah. Pierce, the young wide receiver, um, people very much like him. Pittman's fine. They, they're, they're, they don't have nearly as many holes as the Texans. Yeah, that's my point. They, they, yeah. that, could be, that could be a team where they, they might see Derek Carr. You go, we get Derek Carr, we might win this division, and then who knows what happens. There's three other teams that I have down for Carr real quick. I think New Orleans is still in the mix, even though they didn't get a trade done. Obviously, there's something they like about Derek Carr. Maybe they sign him. They've got major cap issues. Carolina is an interesting one with Frank Reich there now as the head coach. Um, that NFC South, Derek Carr might be the difference between winning that division. For Those those are four bad oh. teams. The one that gets Derek Carr might go 9-8 and eight and win that division next year. Plus, and I do think with quarterbacks – I think that aren't Brock Osweiler, there can be much more of a conventional free agency courting period where, and, it's, and especially because he'll get an early jump on it now um, with free agency. If the, if the, right? Yeah. If the Raiders he's getting cut. Him, he, he, gets he, out, he gets cut. Yeah. He can sign anytime. Yeah. He's, he's on the market right now. Yep. Uh, if, as soon as they cut him, I think that Frank Reich and his faith might end up being something that seals the deal for Carr Ooh. there. I think that those guys. A car is very much, you know, very, very religious. Um, and Frank Reich was Frank Reich's a he was a pastor for a short spell, was he not? I have no Before idea. Before he went back into it, yeah. Um, so like, I, I feel like that Carr is the kind of guy that I think feels like, you know, would, would take the sign that something's meant to be. Yeah. And I think he would have a rapport with Frank Reich, who's also been part of reclamation projects. Look, the guy, look. Reich found a way to believe in Carson Wentz. You think he can't find a way to believe in Derek Carr? My goodness. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, Carr's a better football player. Uh, Washington, you think he would vibe with, with Daniel Snyder and the crew over in Washington? Derek Carr might be just what that franchise needs. Okay, Washington. A moral compass who gets pissed off. Why, we gotta, you know, we got to check in off. on. <laughs> um, who do we have to check in on? We got to check in on Washington and we got to check in on the Angels too because like that whole the two franchises that are probably people think they're going to get sold that they're probably going to oh. get sold and yet there's not a whole lot of movement. We don't talk a lot of like non-Astros off-season baseball stuff, but there's some intrigue as to each um not each year. Um um dang it, Sean. Uh, what? Oh, oh, Otani, 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 yeah. Um, with Otani and exactly what the Angels would do with him if new ownership, if they're trying to court new ownership um, versus just trying to strip assets and sell. But anyway. Uh, the, the Angels yeah. are just, the Angels, yeah. Artie Moreno announced he's not selling the team. So they're off the market. He did? Yeah, yeah, back in when January. Did do that? When January did 23rd, like, 2023. Yeah, I'm just, I just Googled so it. I'm just only three sure. weeks late? Okay. Yeah, three because you late. should have been really plugged in on the 
during the heart of the postseason in the NFL, you should have been completely <laughs> dialed in on the sale of the Los Angeles Angels. I feel like I should have been because I kind of had been for a while. And now, just after three weeks of absence, I can't remember Shohei Otani's name. So. <laughs> I don't know that you can't remember it. Names just Instead, get a little glitchy with you sometimes. Bring up a Japanese guy who couldn't be more different. So that's you know what I suspend myself. Bunts. I cancel myself for two days. I uh, I, no, I can't come back from that one. Don't cancel yourself. <laughs> <laughs> don't cancel yourself. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Uh, it is a uh, it's a Tuesday. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. About an hour from now and change. Um, we'll be giving away our next set of rodeo tickets to see John Party on March the 6th. So make a note. That'll be in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, 9.45 tomorrow. Big announcement relating to uh, Payne and Pendergast. So uh, be, uh, be on the lookout for that as well. Hey, speaking of the Astros, we got pitchers and catchers coming up reporting tomorrow, I believe. Um, we have not dug into this yet. We've, we've, uh, we've talked about Evan Drellich's book. Um, which I need to read. I got to check that out. But it's about the Astros sign stealing scandal, or as we like to call it, the being better than everybody else scandal. Uh, big shock accusations that one of the biggest Astro finger pointers might have been doing the exact same thing themselves. We will discuss that next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Let's relive the magic. This is, uh, this is like three years ago, almost to the date. Almost to this date three years ago, because this was at spring training 2020, right after the Astros had been punished for uh, the uh, garbage can scheme. Sign stealing and basically being better than everybody else. Um, Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers had this to say to assembled media back in spring training of 2020. Uh, you know, I thought the apologies were whatever. Uh, I thought Jim Cranes was weak. Um, I thought Manfred's punishment was weak, giving him immunity. Um, I mean, these guys were cheating for three years. Um, you know, I think what people don't realize is Altuve stole an MVP from Judge in 17. 
Um, everyone knows they stole the ring from us. Um, but, you know, it's over. They, uh, they apologized. They went together and apologized. And, uh, you know, it is what it is now. All right, so that was uh, Cody Bellinger. Of course, Carlos Correa went right back after him, uh, saying if you don't know the facts, because he got very mad at Bellinger for dragging Altuve into the mix. We don't need to rehash all that. We play Bellinger because the Dodgers are part of a recent story involving an excerpt from Evan Drellich's book that he wrote called Winning Fixes Everything, How Baseball's Brightest Minds Created Sports' Biggest Mess. And it's about the Astros and basically cheating in baseball, um, electronic cheating in baseball. And the excerpt in question has to do with the Dodgers. Here is the excerpt from Drellich's book um, involving the 2018 Dodgers. During the 2018 World Series, the Red Sox and Dodgers were both suspicious that their opponent was using video to steal signs. Pause for a second. We should point out the Astros and the Red Sox were both punished to different degrees, but both punished for electronic sign stealing for back in 2017 and 2018. Continuing, an unidentified member of the Red Sox told Drellich, the Dodgers have always been the thing that bothers me the most because they're the biggest cheaters in the whole bleeping industry. They were doing it against us in the 18 World Series. They got caught by MLB, and MLB did nothing. A Red Sox source relayed a story to Drellich about the Dodgers' Jock Peterson running into the visiting video area at Fenway where teammate Chase Utley and an MLB official were situated. Peterson is said to have asked, hey, did you get his signs yet? And they're just like, bleep, bleeping idiot, the Red Sox source said of the league official's, the league official's response, according to Drellich's reporting. Uh, apparently nothing, quote, apparently nothing is done by MLB except they say, stop doing that bleep, don't do that bleep. Then they go over to the Red Sox clubhouse to their video operator, and they're scolding him, making sure he doesn't do it. And he turns to the guy and says, you caught Chase Utley doing bleep. So I know there's a lot of bleeps in there, and there's a lot of going back and forth between video rooms. Basically what this Red Sox source is saying is that the 2018 World Series, Jock Peterson and Chase Utley were, were having a conversation in front of an MLB official about getting signs on a video, on a, on a video monitor And then when the Red Sox were doing it, the same officials from MLB were scolding the video operator who eventually lost his job because of the, because of that with the Red Sox. So essentially the the, Dodgers uh, are getting preferred treatment. Yeah. 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 Which I guess um, in the, yeah, the guy that lost his job, remember the, whenever, when you, when you parse out the investigations, which none of which were as thorough with these other teams as they have been with the Astros. It was always like, oh, no, it was a lone video operator that just decided Rogue. on his own. Yeah. To, he's just uh, doing it for his own uh, his own giggles, apparently. Yeah, um, yeah I think that, uh, look, I guess with that story, obviously it's one story. There's, uh, it, at that point, the memo had gone out uh, to stop using electronics to steal signs. I think that's the relevant thing. It's that that in October, September, October of um, 2017 was when that memo went out. So if in 2018 they were still doing it in the World Series, they clearly would have known better by that point. It's funny because I see a lot of response from people, either Dodgers fans or otherwise, will say, well, you see, Astros fans just don't get it because the reason the Astros were penalized was because they were, uh, they were just doing, uh, they were doing more cheating than anybody else. Which first, like, okay, moral relativism is an awesome thing. Um, when you, when you can be on the winning side of it. But aside from that, like, no, this is what people, 
This is what people, even people outside of Houston who now concede, oh, yeah, it looks like a lot of teams were stealing signs. It wasn't that the Astros were doing more than some of those other teams. Uh, They were certainly doing more than some teams that weren't doing much at all, but there are a bunch of teams doing it. The reason the Astros were singled out was simply because they kept being really, really, really good offensively to the point where in 2019, guys like Mike Fiers just assumed that the Astros couldn't possibly be that good unless they were still doing the same things they were doing in 2017. That's, that is why I call it the being better than everyone else scandal. It's because that's what, that's what got them on the radar. People just didn't want to accept that the Astros were flat out that good offensively in 2019. So they launched this incredibly thorough investigation against them. They interviewed hundreds of people and figure out that, oh, Okay, so they were doing this in 2017. The front office or the film staff was trying to do it in the first part of 2018. But it wasn't, it wasn't that the Astros were doing anything more than anybody else that led to the investigation. It was simply that they were still really, really good at baseball, whereas all these other teams had, had failed to progress beyond the days. You know, I don't know. You know, like Cody Bellinger has fallen apart these last few years. 648 OPS since he gave that interview we just talked about. Yeah, I looked it up, and as as you know, various people have said that like as as teams like the Dodgers were spouting off after the report in 2020, uh, guys from the Astros made a few calls around the league and were like, "Hey, uh, like we know what you guys were up to." Yeah, and all of a sudden, like like that, it vanished. You don't hear players talking about it anymore. Yep. You know, all of a sudden, people don't want to be wagging the finger no. Rafael Palmero style when all of a sudden it might blow back on you. There's an Omerta blood oath to this stuff, and I think Fires is probably an example for a lot of guys that probably feel like, man, I really want to speak up, but Fires is persona non grata, and he's uh, Fires is definitely hated here in Houston, and I would imagine there's a lot of people around baseball that were kind of like, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're kind of ratting all of us out in some ways here, you know, to your point, that there's a lot of teams that were doing it. I also think that the fact that the Astros were doing it differently than other teams were, banging the as garbage cans. As far as we can, know. As, as yeah. far as we well, I, I don't know that we know of any other teams that were banging garbage cans. Like, that's a very, right. that, that, that's my point, is that the Astros had a method, a known method, that was getting signs to players while they were in the batter's box, regardless of somebody being on second base or not. Um, that away, and the fact that it was just different than the other stuff, where it's video monitors, Apple watches, I think gave Major League Baseball an opening to be able to administer a punishment, which to me is, which to me the spirit of it was to not punish the blue bloods. The other teams that had been rumored or caught in this stuff were the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers are getting drawn into this. While the Astros were the best team in baseball at that time. They were, and probably still are not, a blue blood organization that's got deep roots, lots of postseason history, history of their teams going back to the early 1900s and things like that. I, I, I feel that way strongly that, that part of the reason the Astros were punished, I think the reasons you bring up are perfectly valid and, and truthful reasons. I do think part of it, too, was, okay, this is good. We don't have to punish the Yankees, Red Sox, or Dodgers. The fact that the Astros are doing it this way and the fact that they're involved in it and the fact that they've been so good at it or perceived to be so good at it gives us yeah. the opening to punish them, not the Yankees, Red Sox. Not, like, hardcore punish those other teams. Yeah, I don't, but I guess the big question, though, is still that it was I, – I think it was uh, 
I think there was a conviction at the beginning of the uh, – I think a lot of people in baseball felt like the Astros were up to something. Um, and I think a lot of people in baseball were kind of surprised that the investigation showed that it had stopped in 2017. I really do think – I think that because of fires – like fires, as he would tell it, just was that. Well, they're they're still doing something. They have to be. They can't be this good. Yeah. Um. So there was a disbelief and already kind of a hatred of the Astros based on the fact that Jeff Luno was not a popular guy. That I think a lot of it. I, I think some of it was driven by at the beginning a belief that well, basically, well, there must be weapons of mass destruction yeah. here, right? Like, well, all right, that's it. There's got to be weapons of mass destruction. We're going to go find these weapons of mass destruction. Like, oh, crap. But, when, no it, weapons of mass but when it came time to punish after the investigation had all been done, the Astros got walloped Like compared to those other teams. Those other teams got a slap on the wrist. Do you, like, do you feel like the Astros should have been punished more than those other teams? The Red Sox. And well, the they Yankees? didn't have the invest. There was no invest. Yeah, if they wanted to mount the same investigation, yeah, like there wasn't the investigation was that big and that thorough because there was a lot of sentiment from other teams that yeah, you got to figure out what the hell the Astros are up to because yeah. they thought in 2019, in 2020, they're they're going into 2020 that the Astros were up to something because yeah. they just didn't want to. They didn't want to believe that they were that good. Yeah, that wasn't like some. I don't think that. No, I'm not conspiracy minded in that the commissioner somehow just wanted to spare the Red Sox and the Yankees. I think everybody. I think a lot of people really thought the Astros were up to more than they were. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I feel like once they got the the testimony of all the players involved, found out that that wasn't the case. That it was only 2017 and 2018. They still smoked them, man. Yeah, two firsts and two seconds. Like that's a. But I mean, at that point, they had all that evidence that they didn't have on other teams because yeah. there wasn't the investigation. So, yeah, yeah. Um. So, anyways, I'm gonna read that book. I uh, nothing I'd like to do more than relive the sign stealing scandal. <laughs> Ross Tucker had uh, an author on once. Since our, our most of our listeners know Ross Tucker, yeah. and Ross is just so funny. I wish I wish you'd heard him tell the story so you could do it in your voice. But he had this author on. <laughs> And he's telling them, you know, and usually you have the authors on because you want to help promote their book. Sure. That's the quid, that's the quid pro quo of it. They come on, they give you some content, you promote their book a, book a little bit. And Ross is going on and on about like, I can't remember the last time I read an entire book. I mean, <laughs> who's got the time? <laughs> but I've read the excerpts of this. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, yeah, so uh, so everybody, buy my book, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like having Bun B on to talk about Trill Burgers opening up, and you're like, God, do yeah. you know how bad red meat really is for you? <laughs> Along with dairy? <laughs> on top of it? And carbs? You have a thing with carbs, dairy, and red meat. That's going to be stuck in your bowels forever. Where can they get a Trill Burger? <laughs> then, he, then he starts in on like 1980s style stand-up comedy routines about how rap isn't really music. Yeah, <laughs> yes, for fun. I yes. call it crap. Yeah. <laughs> All right into the nine o'clock hour. Um, there has been a head coaching hire in the AFC. The thing that most Texan fans fear is this team moving up to get Bryce Young. Does this head coaching hire increase or decrease the chances of a trade up by the Indianapolis Colts? That is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.